ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chicky Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, this is Chicky Fitzgerald with the Game Changer Network, and we are talking again to our new friend, Kathy Salit, and Kathy has written a book called The Performance Breakthrough, and we had such an amazing conversation a couple of weeks ago uh, that we barely made it through half of uh, the topics on her book, and normally I would have just said, well, go buy the book and you can get the rest of it, but it was such an engaging conversation. In fact, where we left off, we were talking about a revolutionary way to have a conversation, and we had just wrapped that up and we're ready to go on to talk about performance fundamental number four, and this is within the context of five fundamentals of performance, and that one is create with crap. But before we go there, Kathy, why don't you reintroduce yourself? Sure thing. Thanks so much for having me back, Chicky. I agree. We were having such a great conversation that um, it was like, let's continue it somehow, and of <laughs> exactly. course, we figured out how to do that. So thank you so much for having me back. Uh yeah, my name is Kathy Salit, and uh, I'm the CEO of a company called Performance of a Lifetime. Uh, we're a consulting company that uh, we're, we're based in New York City, but we work globally. And we work on what might be termed uh, helping leaders and companies, uh, helping them with the human side of strategy. Uh, it's often the case that uh, business and companies have wonderful ideas and wonderful uh, plans for strategies, uh, business strategies, marketing strategies, et cetera. And they uh, tend to not pay as much attention to how do you have to support, develop, and grow your people uh, so that they can execute on that strategy, so that they have what they need, so that you can get uh, all of their input, all of their creativity, their wisdom as part of the process, as well as helping people to work together effectively. So, um, the way we do that, uh, Chicky, is, is somewhat unusual. Uh, we, we use the tools in the theater of performance, of theater and improvisation, combined with the science of performative psychology, uh, which, which understands this basic idea, that human beings are not just who we are. We're who we are and who we are becoming, who we are and who we are not yet. And so we access the, the tools of theater because what are you doing when you're acting in a play or you're acting in a movie? You're actually pretending to be somebody who you're not. That's what actors do, <laughs> right. right? They play different characters. And uh, they, they have that ability, those you know, brilliant people, Meryl Streep, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, whoever you, you pick, you know, who, your, who some of your favorites are. They're very good. They're very talented. They're brilliant. But they have this ability to be both you know, the actor that they are, the person that they are, and pretend to be other people, uh, the characters that they're playing, not because they're brilliant, but because they're human. Uh, because all human beings have this innate capacity. Actors do it, and we did it as kids. So what we're doing um, now with adults, and we've been in business for 20 years, and my book shares some of the wonderful stories and breakthroughs, performance breakthroughs that both leaders and companies have had using this methodology um, is to help people to start performing again, start playing again, start improvising again. And um, you can actually perform your way to growth by that strange combination of being who you are and who you are not yet. Hmm. <clears throat> That's fascinating. So that, that leads us right into this next uh, chapter, which, uh, as I mentioned, is called Create with Crap. And, and so if, if what we are or the organization that we're in uh, is at a stage where either the plan has a bit of crap in it or mm -hmm. the team has a bit of crap in it, or maybe it's, maybe it's us. You know, may, maybe we still have some things that we need to work through. How do we take that and turn it into something amazing? So, um, <laughs> great question. Uh, it's um, 
let me start with something that might be considered a little abstract, but um, but I think will hopefully get us going on this conversation, this part of our conversation, Chicky. Um, there's a musical form. It's called the blues. And what is it? It's basically people singing or playing, you know, whatever instrument, uh, writing, writing the lyrics or singing the song powerfully and passionately about something that's really, really crappy. <laughs> and, that's right. why they, and that's why they call it the blues. <laughs> right. and, and so it's we, we have in our DNA and in our culture this idea that you can take something that's painful, that's that, that's hurtful, that's crappy, whatever it is, that's annoying, that's frustrating, that makes you angry, and you can create something beautiful with it. You can you can sing the blues. And and in doing so, it's a funny thing because you've now taken something that for all intents and purposes was just, you know, the worst thing that you could possibly imagine and you've created something beautiful with it. So that idea is something that I'm I'm looking and have been working with people on to to extend that into everyday life. And um, I, I was just thinking in in thinking about our call today, Chicky. I was thinking about a coaching session that I was just doing um, with a a a high high what's called a hypo leader, a high potential person, someone who's sort of on the way up, uh, very very accomplished. And um, you know, they were telling me about a situation where. Uh, they had a close colleague who um, sent them an email about a project that they were working on where, well, what can I say? They basically threw them under the bus, and they, they, they went behind their back, and they, they reorganized sort of the way the project was being, orga- was being um, carried out and who was involved, and they ended up really uh, sort of um, undermining the person that I was coaching. I'm going I'm to call her Sarah. Um, and um, Sarah was very, very upset about it, and not only upset about the specifics, but also about the fact that it was she was hearing about this via email. And right. um, she's one of the people who had um, followed my direction, which was to form a board of performance directors. This is building on Jim Collins's idea, which is to to form a board of directors of people who are there to help you and support you and get you through it. Um, and so um, we were talking about, um, you know, how to work with with her her directors on this, and and what what we were talking about was helping her see, and this is something that came from one of the people that's on her team, her director team, um, is to help them see, help Sarah see that this person who sent this email. One of the things that's going on is they're not very good at this kind of communication. In other words, they're incompetent. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and and in, and in that, like, it's like they have all these other strengths, but this thing, they're just not good at it. It's so hard to see that when, you know, it's sort of the, the thing they're not good at affects you, and it's very hard to not take it personally. And so that was a very big re- revelation, you know, that that this is not that you know all the world is against her, or even that this person is a horrible horrible person. They're just incompetent at this particular thing, you know. And so what it gave her was a better view of who this person is, and it it gave her because of the performance board of directors, then she also was able to think through a solution for how to move the project forward in a way that took into account some of these changes. But but added some new value that that hadn't actually been exist in existence in the way the team was structured. Uh, so today's call was her reporting back to me on that, and I thought that was a wonderful example of creating with crap. Because really, what she wanted to do was haul off and hit this woman, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And and in, and and in, you know, and, and in some ways, she'd be justified. But right. she saw, I mean, not really, you know what I'm saying, Chicky. She's not, I'm saying, yeah. you know, in terms of the way she was feeling. But um, but helping, having gotten the help to see this is something that this person's not good at, number one, having strengthened her relationships with the people who she's gathered around her, then she's able to learn and create a, a, a good team environment, support network, if you will, to help her think things through. And she ended up reorganizing some of the the way that the project was actually going forward, which because she had less, in, I'm I'm not sharing a lot of the details, although I am going on, I'm aware, but but she ended up being able to remove herself somewhat, and then actually giving herself a better view of and a better position in the project. 
Great, great. So the last of the performance fundamentals uh, in, in the group of five is improvise your life. And and clearly the ability to um, to improvise, I mean, it is a skill that, that we need to hone across all aspects of our life. So talk to us a little bit about improvisation itself and how Im- improvising your life actually helps your performance in business. We get so scripted. Chicky, you know, we, we think that the way we do things is the way to do things. Um, and when, you're in, when you improvise, uh, and we talked about this, I believe, when we were talking about the revolutionary way to have a conversation and, and, and listening. When you're improvising, you are relating to everything that happens as an opportunity, as an offer as something to create and to build with, as opposed to something to just sort of, you know, either ignore or, you know, that's that's well and good that it's going this way, but I'm going to do it my way, the way I already, the way I always do it. And right. so when I say improvise your life, I'm talking about walking to work another way. I'm talking about when you go into the office going over to somebody and saying hello who you never speak to. When you're in a meeting, saying yes and, and instead of yes but or no but, right. and letting the conversation go someplace different. It's, it's relating to and embracing the things that happen in your life, including the crappy things, as we were talking about before, and having the sort of attitude of like, whoa, wow, what can I do with this? <laughs> right. You know, and um, I really am a strong, you know, proponent of, and I'm also, it's one of the things I do professionally, of improvisation. I really recommend, Chicky, that people take an improv class. There are, mm. improv is, 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 has just grown so much around the country. Um, and there are, you know, there are improv schools or improv teachers pretty much in, in almost anywhere you go. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to do. It's fun. You do not need any special skills because we have it already. You know, we did, that's what the playing is. That's what the pretending is. It's, a, it's our ability to, to improvise. Uh, take a class, and then you're going to be able to see how to handle curveballs, how to you know respond in ways that are very different than you normally would, because that's that's right. those are the rules, you know, those are the rules <laughs> in that art form. Exactly, and I you know I think I shared with you in our <clears throat> excuse me in our last conversation that uh, in in the book that I've just written about the game changer uh, in in this novel uh, about business. Uh, improvisation played a big role in it and actually the whole team went to an improv club so that they could actually see how it's done in real life now they didn't take a class that would be an interesting twist um but well that's great that's a great start though to go to the club and see it in action because part of what goes on you know as i'm sure you you experienced it's just like how are they doing this and 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 they're doing it because of that posture they're they're saying yes to everything you know, they're letting other people change them. That's the thing. You let other people and circumstances change you instead of fighting it. Well, and, you know, that fighting is just such a natural reaction. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and this morning I had an, an encounter uh, with a, a young millennial who um, I had asked about a year ago to help me sell my new product. And what I quickly found out is that his skill set only went about halfway to the the need that I had. I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to put it. So he was really good at opening doors, but uh, not good at closing the sale. Uh, but he saw the value of that first part of the equation um, as, a, as a huge value, um, whereas I saw next to no value because there was no business that resulted from it. <laughs> right. right. And, and so this morning he, he, uh, he hit some of my, my hot buttons um, because he was asking me how I was doing on closing the accounts he had brought to the table. 
And, you know, it was if, as if I uh, worked for him. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and so I wasn't in the posture that you're talking about. I, I didn't do a good job of creating with crap. In fact, I, I reverted back to, uh, you know, a, a position where I wasn't saying yes. <laughs> you know, I was being defensive and, I, and it, it pulled all the wrong things out of me. And, you know, I think I've been given an incredible gift in, in this move that, that we've just, well, we're not completely finished with it, but uh, we just moved uh, from our home of 16 years to a new place, a new stage. Wow. Uh, and and I'm wondering what elements of what I'm involved in need to be a new play because the old play didn't work very well, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so uh, whether I need some new improv uh, actors, right, on the stage <laughs> with me because right now I've been I've been playing the soliloquy, right, just me on the stage. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and I I need some people to interact with because it's not very interesting. Oh, that's so uh, hard. Just being one a, yeah, yeah, being a solo entrepreneur that is that is so challenging. I mean, you know, I just was thinking about the story you were also just sharing, Chicky, and um, I feel I feel your pain. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, it, it, that is a that is a wonderful example of uh, you know creating with needing to create with crap and and improvise in that moment right. and. What occurs to me, and I'd be interested to know how this sounds to you, but what occurs to me is for you to be able to, like, sort of, you you sort of take stock of, like, okay, this guy is really annoying me. This is not going the way I want it to go. This is not what we signed up. I, you know, he's, I, I hired right. him to do and so on. You know, you, you, you recognize that, and then you can say, huh, that's really interesting what you're saying. You know, I look at it a complete, that you're asking me this, but, you know, of course, you. Of course, you work for me, and so I wouldn't think that you would ask that. But I think that's interesting that you're asking. I think that we have a different understanding of what what your job was. So right. Let's let's right. take a few minutes and just let's just talk about that. You know, in a way, you're right. you're you're changing the conversation into one where you do have something that you want to talk about, whereas this other thing, like, <laughs> exactly. I'm, not, I'm not talking about this. You know, this is ridiculous. Well, and and again, the the interesting challenge with communication, and you know, we talked last time about the revolutionary way to have a conversation. When when you're talking to a thirty something, right? Quite often, it's on text, right? Yeah. And so all these yeah. conversations are back and forth with him on text, and and so you know that particular stage happens to be one I'm pretty comfortable with, but but the nuance of voice and tone uh, and all of those things are lost. Yeah, and, so, a, and a, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and so that's part of your learning. It's like, okay, there's things about that form of communication that work for me and then there's things that don't. And so now right. you know that going forward, you know, as you think about putting together who your teams are. And and so that to me, that's what I mean by, you know, okay, this is really annoying. Let me, how, how am I going to learn from it? What am I going to do differently so that it doesn't happen again? <laughs> right. Well, you know, this is, I, I'm, I have given him a second chance and, and that's very kind of you. All this- <laughs> All the same things, uh, you know, are occurring. Oh, you had already. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I had let him go last November. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's move on to talk about creating the new play. Because, I mean, I know all the things in my own behaviors <laughs> that continue to repeat themselves because I keep following myself into the new play. <laughs> That's the one constant that doesn't change. So, you know, the the next chapter is all about storytelling. And I know that when we listen to someone who is, you know, just an amazing storyteller, we feel like we can't do that. But your premise is that we're all storytellers. So how do we use storytelling to our benefit it's uh, I, I I think that you know you did nail it on the head. I do think that we are all storytellers, which doesn't mean that some people are better at it than others, and you know aren't better at it than others. So, but here's here's a here's a a quick tip 
that I would recommend that people use. Um, it, as you start to think about, well, how can I turn this you know, data-heavy presentation into a story, or how could I turn this, you know, sales report into a story and so on. Um, there's this exercise called the story spine, and I talk about it in the book. And um, I'll give you the first line of the exercise, which is, you know, you think about whatever your situation is, whatever whatever it is that you might be giving a presentation on, and you you, you start it, on a piece of paper or on the computer or in your head, you start it with the line, once upon a time. <laughs> and it is amazing what follows. <laughs> because now you have to put that you know, data-heavy report into that kind of frame. That's so. So, and, and I, and in the book, there's the the rest of the structure is in there, and um, I won't go into it now. But it is it is chapter um, eight, <laughs> right? Um, and that's that gets us on our way, and and people, as you've said, and and there's been so much research about this. People love stories. They identify with stories. They identify with the people who are telling the stories. Um, and it's a much better way, it's a much more powerful way to share information, um, to have people uh, be inspired by you, want to follow you, uh, want to do what you are doing. So once upon a time, start start a report, start a presentation that way, see where it takes you. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking about that in, in how I tell uh, my story of my new product, right? So it's it's also in how we're positioning and marketing um, our products. But getting getting back to you know my previous encounter this morning and the encounter of the woman that you uh, were coaching earlier today, um, the next chapter is about challenging conversations. Now we yeah. we had talked about this revolutionary way to have a conversation. And that listening is super important to that. And you gave me, you know, some some very good snippets of tips of how I could have dealt with this young man um, this morning. And ha- had we been talking on the phone, I think that would have been a natural way to do that. So challenging conversations and creating the new play of not dealing with things the way that we always have in our old patterns. How are we using these improvisation skills to deal with these challenging situations? A mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, couple things. One is I think that sometimes what we call things, i.e. challenging conversation, difficult conversation, um, you know, uh, upsetting conversation or, you know, I think that sometimes what we call things matters. Actually, I think what we call all the time, I think what we call things matters. And so I I, I sort of make this joke in the book. I, I, I don't have the, it right in front of me, but I, I think it says something like, um, I'm, I recommend that, you know, instead of calling it things, instead of calling, quote, difficult or challenging conversations that, you can call it, Valuable but seemingly unlikely opportunity to grow personally and professionally while strengthening and building a relationship. <laughs> now, that's a very long, not very sexy uh, term. <laughs> but you, it's like, oh, that's what this scene is. You know, this is right. it's like it's like I'm dreading it. I hate this. This is the last thing I want to do. <laughs> you know, right. or, this is going to turn out to be an un- a surprisingly valuable opportunity <laughs> to learn something and do something differently. <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, and I honestly I mean that in including, you know, conversations with your loved ones, you know, with your right. partner, your spouses, as well as, you know, colleagues or, or clients or whatever. Wow, this is this feels really hard, but I'm gonna really <laughs> looking forward to this being a different. You know, I'm gonna learn some new new stuff. You know, right? So an <laughs> opportunity to grow. I love and that's it. A, and that's the thing that comes that comes from being an actor, also because one of the things that you that actors do is you you have to know at least some some you know fields of uh of some some thoughts you know theater thought in this regard is you have to know what your objective is 
And so you're changing, you're, you're, you're sort of saying, this is the objective. I want to learn from this. I want to grow from this. I want to strengthen the relationship, even though I also hate this person. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, the, the other thing I'll say is that um, I think that we want to add curiosity. Uh, and um, so... Part of what you're doing is sometimes maybe, you know, you're delivering bad news and that, you know, that's one of those challenging conversations and in some sense you are driving it. But, <laughs> right. um, but you know, and people have a hard time. The person in front of you bursts into tears, you know, um, right. or, or is angry or defensive. And I think that part of what you want to include um, in those kinds of conversations as well as others is to be is to be in there not just talking one way, but let the other person say what they have to say and even draw right. them out, you know? And and in that way, you know, you're taking something that, like, well, how are you thinking about this? You know, tell me what tell me what you're thinking. Like if someone is, like, in a performance review. Well, well I don't think right. that, you know, you're, you're, that, that I shouldn't be getting, you know, uh, a demerit for that or, you know, whatever. So, okay, well, let Tell me why. Like, tell me what you're thinking about. And and, and it's got to be genuine, you know? Right. It's got to be genuine, which doesn't mean that you believe it, but it does mean that your curiosity needs to be genuine. Um, and that, I've, what we have found over and over again is that that can really help shift and shape. And it is a form of improvisation, Chicky, because you're, you are breaking out of the script of how these things normally go. Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I think I think about that in – just in in marriage and in in how we relate to our kids and uh as i mentioned before we started the show um uh, we moved uh from from our home of of uh 16 almost 17 years and last week my husband had to go to south carolina okay, so you know my this. kids and i were left to to do everything and it it, it actually worked out well because he he's not great at logistics um, and and it makes him anxious, and he and that manifests itself um, in in anger and frustration about just about everything. And so I, here I was, actually happy that he wasn't here because there there was you know no heavy lifting needed because I had hired movers. But I had to take some things to the dump, and I had his pickup truck, which is much bigger than my car, and I backed into a pole. Okay, so here I had to tell no. my husband <laughs> that I backed into the pole. Okay. No, it doesn't end there. The next day, oh, no. the next morning, I'm taking my son to uh, to school for football, and I back into our neighbor's car with his pickup oh. truck. Okay, so now oh. I'm twice in one week, and then you're getting good at it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I felt like, and then our air conditioning went out, and then the phone, and then the internet, and then the dishwasher doesn't work, and it was like I spent all the last 10 days delivering bad news to my husband who was already feeling bad that he was gone right but it's been actually amazing because he is receiving um all of this very very well and i and maybe because he's not here you know and it's being uh, delivered remotely and i think dealing with challenging conversations when you're face to face or when you're over text or when the other person is far away, you know, maybe you're doing FaceTime or, or teleconferencing, but it, it's all a little, a slightly different twist on what you were talking about with yeah. those challenging conversations. Yeah. yeah. So this ended up being, I mean, in a weird way, a gift that he was away. <laughs> so not well, only it you... was, and the cool thing was, you know, I mean, there, there were learn you know like lessons learned at each one of those and like when I backed into my neighbor's car and thankfully it was an old car uh and you know it's just the bumper I didn't you know hit his quarter panel or anything but I got out of the car and I put a note on on the windshield and you know and my son was like well why are you doing that I said well because it's the right thing to do right so you know good things came out of all of it and then my neighbor came over later and he said I can't believe you left a note on my windshield that was really great and so now instead of having a bad encounter with my neighbor who I had never met right so this was my first encounter um anyway now you have well the beginning well you have, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but no but and, that's that is be that really is a beautiful story even though I know you're still in the middle of dealing with 
a lot of yeah yeah well (laughs) (laughs) but it is it's like you end up being able to have a really set of great conversations with your husband because he's able to be understanding since he's not in the middle messing up the logistics in the way that he would (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly and i was able to get everything you know unpacked in all of the living areas to where when he walked in it looked like we had lived here for years which was my goal last week um, you know what, moving on to chapter 10, because I'll tell you, this is the one, um, and, and as I looked at this book and, you know, this radical approach, which I love being radical, <laughs> the, the one area of radical change that I need in my own life is grasping how you can use everything that you've talked about in this book uh, about selling and networking because the whole reason I've got this challenge with this young guy is I've got this perception that I can't sell right and that the reason why I need him is because I can't do it so Uh tell me about the art of selling networking and other schmoozy things which is (laughs) chapter 10 and part of this creating your new play because I want to take this opportunity with this new scenery this new stage I have to really start fresh and this is one that I personally need and I'm sure Mm -hmm. some of our listeners are in the same place that to succeed particularly as a solopreneur and an entrepreneur just getting a business off the ground you can't hire people out of the gate because you don't have any money to do that right right um well what i talk about in the chapter and um i'm not sure if it will totally address what you're talking about this the particular moment that you're in but but let me let me sort of play with that as 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 i try to share um one of the one of the main points that i make uh is that sales is a relationship between people okay um and i you know i let me let me give a little bit of cred to dan pink who wrote a terrific book called to sell is human and his one of the things that he talks about in the book is that basically we're all in sales, you know, and that mothers are in sales when they're trying to, you know, get their kids to, you know, do their homework and and doctors are in sales when they're trying to get their patients to to eat healthier and and so on and so forth, you know, that we're just that there's so much of life that is trying to get people in some ways to do something that they might not be naturally or automatically inclined to do. And so one of the things is in sales that's more typically understood as sales, of course, is to buy a product or to buy a service or to, you know. And so what what we have found is that if what you're doing is focusing on sharing what you have to share, which includes your product, your service, whatever, and learning about the person that you are talking to, if you're focusing on that and not making the sale, you're going to find that you're going to get make more sales that way. Because and and I and I I can say from my own experience, just in terms of my own business, what we did when we first started and what we do now, it's pretty it's unusual. You know, it's not it's not the usual stuff. That's why, you know, as you said, it you know, it's it's a radical approach. That's why the book, you know, has that in its in its uh subtitle. Um and so when I first started out in business, I was trying to get people to buy this really weird thing that we did, which was to get leaders and teams to start doing improvisation and using theater and role playing and different scenes in the workplace and so on. Um and um, and I was saying, you know, saying stuff like, you know, it's it's really good. It's really going to make a difference. You know, hear all these stories about, you know, and I was and I personally like it was like I needed them to, to buy because I needed to pay the rent. <laughs> and, and also, you know, I was trying to convince me and other people that this was something that, you know, was 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 going to make it. And um, I got the coaching to stop doing that. I got the coaching to build a relationship and share what I had to share. And then if people were interested, then they would buy. But to, in some sense, to make it clear that you don't need them to buy what you're selling, this is what you're doing. And if it works for them, and if you can help them figure out how it works for them, great. And if it doesn't, that's great too. 
So I think that, I don't know what you think about that, Chickie, but I talk about that in the book. But I have found that that posture has made selling more fun for me um, because I'm more relaxed. And um, and also the business, you know, is is the size that it is. And I actually do genuinely feel more relaxed because I don't need the sale. I can pay the right. rent. Now, there was a time when, but I had to have that attitude even when I couldn't. Even when I, you know, it was like, I don't know if I can pay this bill. Um, and that shift made a huge difference. I don't know what you think about that, but that's what we have found. I found in my business and how we've been able to help others. Well, I know that it's right on. I mean, without a doubt. And and I think my personal situation, I have been very, very fortunate because my my husband has had an amazing year. He's in the fifth year of selling in a territory that, you know, where he's got defined products and defined people he's going after. And, and he's very, very skilled at that. So he has actually been um, the breadwinner really for the first time uh, the last couple of years. Uh, and we've been married 26 years. So, um, you know, I've shifted from that place of being the breadwinner and being the one responsible for making sure everything's covered to actually being able to invest in this new company. And I, I'm as relaxed as I am, and I, I would like to be more relaxed about it, but I am as relaxed as I am because uh, I can take the time to do it right. And in fact, yeah. I want to do it right. Yeah. Because when, when you are desperate, you you do desperate things. You price your product and service improperly. Yeah. Um, now, I'm really good at that on on my consulting business and you know i i have had my consulting business for more than 20 years but in this new technology company i'm still struggling with you know how much and it's not even how much do i charge because we give our product away we have a revenue stream that comes from product use as mm -hmm. opposed to getting paid for the product itself mm -hmm. um and we share revenues back with our clients so it's actually a revenue opportunity for That's them awesome. And, and, um, you know, but I, I want to be making good, solid decisions. And I, I think you're absolutely right that when you put yourself in their shoes, like I, I've got a client who actually said in January that they were going to implement with me in April. Well, even just waiting until April was like crazy hard for me. And here we are in the end of July and they haven't implemented yet. Well, I suspect that they're having some growth issues right within the company and I would like to have that conversation um you know with the founder and and find out how we can help right yeah, and exactly. and turning on our product literally takes minutes and we could actually be helping fund um some of what he's trying to do you know on his own so I, I think having that conversation again and and instead of being in that position where I really need them to say yes Mm -hmm. that understanding mm -hmm. their situation is really the right thing to do. I also think that, I mean, I think what you're saying is really important. And I also think that, especially when you're starting something new, um, and this feels, again, connected to this thing of of being curious and of building relationships, is is let other people help you uh, figure this out. So, for, so for example, like, I had given some – someone had written me a note, a letter the other day saying that they had a new business that they were starting and that they've been doing all this networking and going to all these events and asking people for coffee, you know, trying to um, talk with them about their product and so on. And I didn't know this person, but I, and I uh, don't know anything really about the product. But what I said back to her was um, ask people – when you ask people for, to go out for coffee, ask them for help. Say that you wanted to see if you could, you know, pick their brain and, uh, you know, get some right. ideas about and, and share with them what you're doing and see what they think about what, uh, what kind of potential, what kind of opportunity there is, and so on. And then she wrote me back and she said that it was like this. It was like a the switch went on. She said it was totally different because now she literally she said she got ten lunches, coffees, whatever, and she made two sales. And and she was sort of like, whoa, you know, um, I think that this thing of asking other people for help, especially when you're in the early stages, is huge. Uh, and you will find you're going to make sales that way. Uh, again, right. that's the issue of like, what's the objective? I'm not trying to make a sale. I'm trying to get help. 
Uh, and in the process, right. And I'm going to make a really, I'm going to make a really sexist comment here. That works incredibly well with men. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, man. asking them <laughs> for help is is when that light came on for me a couple of years ago. Yeah. That that people who, you know, were highly placed in my industry. That, you know, if I'd try to get in touch with them, if I would just ask them for help, it was amazing, yeah. the response that I got. Now, yeah. you know, <laughs> again, I think with women, it's a little bit different, not because they don't want to help, but because we say yes too much and we don't know how to say no. And so, yeah. you know, women tend to have a very full plate a lot of the time because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, that was that was really sexist, but but it's okay. It's, because well, it's, it's I don't think it's, it's true. It's not sexist. It's true. The society is sexist. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, m- moving on to the the last couple of points. Um, the next thing you talk about, and and I haven't made it this far in the book, so I don't really know what's behind this. So you're going to have to tell me. But the okay. the chapter title is perform with presence. And and I know for for my myself, being present is a is a really important part of anything that I do. And because I'm a natural multitasker, I'm not present and I don't have that presence of the other person feeling like I'm present. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't know if I've gone off on a tangent for you, but you can reel me back in if no, I that's, think that's not what important. this is about. Well, it's definitely a part of what it's about. Um, the We do a lot of work uh, and we get a lot of people who ask for this kind of support. There's this there's this term in business, which is leader, it's, it's leadership presence or executive presence, um, mm-hmm. which is a little bit elusive. It's like, well, what is that, you know? And some of what that mean, some of what that is, is the very thing that you were just describing, Chicky, which is to be very present, you know, and for people to have the experience that you are there with them, you know, and that you're somebody who is tuned in. And uh, and this is where, once again, where improvisation is very important because you've got to be tuned in in order to be in an improv scene. You know, <laughs> right. you, you can't be multitasking, uh, which does not mean that you can't ever be thinking about anything else, but you're so focused on what's going on and your responsibility to build with what's going on, to create with it, that it really gives you a tool, gives you a discipline and a muscle to be very present and in the moment. Um one I just did a one of the there's a series that's running on Inc. magazine playbook. Um I don't know if you've seen it, Chicky, it's really pretty cool. Um they have uh or if you know, our listeners have, have seen it, it's it they have like all these different business people, entrepreneurs, uh, authors, uh, leaders talking about different topics on video and the videos are like only about a minute long. And people like Amy Cuddy and Tony Robbins and now Kathy Salit are, are on it. <laughs> and one of the and there's a lot of things. And it's it's if you go on, it's it's pretty cool because it, I give a lot of advice as do others about all kinds of things um, about business. And one of the things that I just in, in the in the one that just came out, uh, I focus on body language. And um, and in in the book I talk about this and give people a series of exercises that I think have been very helpful. But I'll say a couple now. Who are it really helps to think about who are people in your life or in your work who you feel have a lot of presence, you know, like they've got charisma, they're there, they're present, you know, they they have gravitas or they, you know, that that's a, maybe a more aggressive version of of presence. Another is you know a quiet kind of presence, you know, one where your your people feel comfortable being with you. Um, people feel comfortable talking to you. What and you think about well, what is how do I come across and 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 how can I continue to develop my present, my presentation of myself? And one of the things I say is look at other people who you admire. What are they doing? How are they sitting? How are they speaking? How do they walk down the hall? One of the things about leaders often 
is that they walk slowly because they're communicating to other people that they're available to be approached, you know, that they want to be checking in and hearing from from you. You know, the, the, the performance that is, you know, running from, from one meeting to the next, run, you know, it's, that is not a performance right. with right. presence, you know. Right. Um, so, but, but, that, but whatever it is, and then creatively imitate it. Try it on. How do they sit? How do they walk? How do they talk? And, and, and start to create your presence. Mm. I love that. And, and the last chapter, you, you weave in the leadership piece of this, and you talk about how we have to coach like a theater director leads mm-hmm. with, with the play and, mm-hmm. and how they get the story told the way that it needs to be, right? Because mm-hmm. they've got to coach the individual players. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's here's the the main point I want to make in you know the time that we have on this, Chicky. Um, a theater director is thinking about the person in the context of the whole play, the the ensemble in the context of the whole play. They're looking at the big picture, okay? And so that's one of the things that, and they know the play. They know the play that they want to be putting on. Uh, and so when we're coaching others, we want to be thinking about, well, what's the broader play that these people are part of? And how can I both help them perform in that play as well as continue to develop the play? <laughs> um, a big pitfall is that people coach people from the vantage point of you should be like me. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that there's like nothing that you could that you do that they could get better at, but we like we fo- we think they we want a mini me, and um, that is not a way to coach people. A theater director is not trying to turn them into them. They're trying to help them. They're trying to help them give expression to their strengths. They're trying to minimize you know their weaknesses, and um, they're helping them to discover who this character is. Who are they in the play? So let so support people to do that, and and the chapter you know gives some very concrete um, techniques for doing that. But but the mindset is important as well. Don't turn don't try to turn people into you. They're they're their own person. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kathy, uh, this hour has has already breezed by. Um, there are a couple <laughs> of things that you include in your book that I want to make sure that I touch on so that that people uh, don't think that just by listening to two hours of you and I talking that they don't need to go out and buy this book because I think it has uh, just some incredibly practical things that you've included uh, in at the end of the book. So one of them is your handy dandy performance exercise manual. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is a compilation of the exercises uh, that I share at the end of each chapter. Uh, and they're, um, they're really they're, they're some of them are like little tiny things new things to do and some of them are sort of you know uh new lifelong performances to to adapt you know and to take on um right. but but they're really useful um and that you know so it's it's how do you emotionally and physically prepare for the scene that you're walking into how do you work on crafting new scripts uh, you know, you have the what's the what's the new line to some new lines to say in your Thursday meeting that you haven't right. ever said before, and so on. So it's it's pretty useful, and I think I think people will find it find it helpful. Well, terrific, Kathy. I I know I ha- asked you this uh, in the last interview, but will you just share with folks how they can get in touch with you and? if they would like for you to come into their company to help them apply some of these principles uh, to some of the challenges that they face and the opportunities that they have before them, or if they would like you to speak at an event uh, about some of these opportunities. Well, thank you. Thank you for that offer. Yeah, you can go to our website. Uh, You can Google Performance of a Lifetime uh, and uh, or Kathy Salit. And you will you will get to our website. The website itself is performanceofalifetime all one word dot com, or you can go to kathysalit dot com, 
uh, and you will get there as well. And there's information about uh, my speaking schedule and, you know, reaching me for speaking as well as uh, doing programs, having Performance of a Lifetime come and work with your team, work with a grouping of hypos, work with leaders, and so on. You can you can find it all there. And and if any of your listeners are Twitter followers, uh, you can you can follow me at uh, hashtag Kathy Salit. Well, fabulous, Kathy. It has been terrific. And again, the book that we've been talking about is Performance Breakthrough: A Radical Approach to Success at Work. And whether you're navigating your way on a new team, expanding your leadership role, or just trying to get heard in the meeting, uh, you need this book, and you need a new performance, and this book gives you a lot of incredibly practical tips to make that happen. Um, you have been listening to the Game Changer Network, and we are talking about performance breakthrough because having that kind of breakthrough is a game changer, and you can't keep doing the same things and expecting different results, and we all know where that comes from. Uh, if you would like to learn more about the Game Changer Network, just go to thegamechanger.network. And next week, we are going to be talking about the issue of trust. And uh, we've got a book called Trust and Betrayal uh, by Michelle Reyna. And I am uh, really looking forward to hearing about that because I think everything we've been talking about with improvisation uh, also requires uh, trust and, and certainly cannot be betrayed on the stage and, and uh, have a good performance. So, Kathy, thank you so, so much. And I hope you have an amazing weekend. And I cannot wait to get to New York uh, to come and meet you in person. I can't wait either. Please give me a holler as soon as you get here. And thank you so much, Chicky, for having me on your, on your show. It's been wonderful. Okay, terrific. Thanks so much. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. With Chicky Fitzgerald. Thank you.